Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 63, The Sons of God. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello, welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast, the only show that asks the question, are you ready to take the red pill? How about you, Zena? I am ready and not nasally today. And not nasally. I know we both had to suffer. We haven't even had to postpone recording because I had <laughs> problems the other day. But um, we're back and hopefully fit. And yes. the warrior princess is ready to roll, and so am I. This is going to be our 63rd episode, Zena. Wowzers. And uh, I want you to know we're, um, I have, uh, I'm a little behind on answering some of our listener emails, but a lot of people are singing your praises. So just want you to know. That people, Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate we, that. We appreciate all the kind words, but I'm especially thankful that you're recognizing all of, all of that goes into this and the input. We have great questions that people send, but sometimes it's nice just to get that little attaboy. Yes, I <laughs> There you go. So we appreciate it. I want to thank also, I'm going to give a shout out to um, Michael with Conflict Radio, his podcast. Um, he's had me on it as a guest now, and we had it uh, several times, and we had another uh, recording that we did this past week. And he's just got a delightful audience, so I'm thankful that each time he has me, the audience uh, is very receptive, and uh, they now they're fans of our show, too. Thank so you. I'm going to give uh, anybody that's listened to my show, our show, and doesn't know about Michael's show, it's called Conflict Radio. It's another podcast you can tune into, and I would encourage you to subscribe to it. Okay? So, with that being said, tonight we're going to talk about the sons of God. Yes. Sons of God, that's our topic, and it's really, uh, we kind of hinted at it at the last episode when we ended, and we hinted at it through a passage of Scripture that I think a lot of people would be shocked to know is in the Bible, mm-hmm. the way it's written, and I'm going to start reading it. It's uh, Psalm 82, verse okay. 1, and it's God speaking, as we're going to see, He's speaking to some angels. Okay. Well, He says, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty, He judgeth among the gods, little g-o-d-s, the mm-hmm. gods. So who are the gods? There's only one God, right? Well, we'll find out. And here's what he judges. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. These are the same things we want to see, Mm -hmm. right? Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I've said you're gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. So there's our first clue as to who these are. Okay. But ye shall die like men. There's our second clue. They're not men. <clears throat> Whoever these people are that he's referring to as gods, 
they're children of the Most High. They're going to die like men, so they must not be men, Mm -hmm. and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. And I love that that last verse there talks about God inheriting all the nations because he's coming back to do just that. Mm -hmm. He's going to reign over the nations. So it tells me, when we put the whole picture together, who is currently reigning over the nations? Well, it's these gods. Yeah. So they're children of the Most High, and as it turns out, we're talking about angels. Okay. Angels are created beings, and hence every created being that God made that was, I guess the word we would use is sentient. They can think, they can reason, they have a mm-hmm. mind, you know, whatever. Uh, unlike, and I don't want to you know, anger anybody, but unlike animals. Now, I don't mean to say animals don't communicate to us and yeah, we but love I mean, our dogs. We all know that animals are domesticated. Like we domesticated right. them. Ideally, From a wild yeah, state, ideally, yeah. like they're they're not going to sit there and have a conversation with you. Right. Sorry. Now, my just cat the truth. tries. She fusses at me a lot. Right. If I'm late, you know, with her food. Mm-hmm. So I do get a lot of scoldings. <laughs> <laughs> but but you're right. That they're really we've domesticated wild animals to be our pets, but mm-hmm. in reality, animals are not sentient by definition. Yes. Yeah. So we're talking about angelic beings here. Okay. And in fact, what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at some terms here. So the gods in the scriptures here, the Hebrew word is Elohim. And I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but that's the best I can do. A lot closer than I would have thought. Being from Louisiana, I do the best I can. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the word is interpreted as rulers and judges. So in a King James Bible, Elohim can be translated into English as either rulers or judges. Divine ones, angels, or gods. And here we see it's gods. So we're getting a picture that they're angels. They're these created beings. Mm -hmm. Adam was called the son of God because he was a created being too. Yes. But everyone since Adam and Eve have been born, and since every human being was born after Adam and Eve sinned, we are in the image of man rather than the image of God. You know, okay. we, we are in the image of God in the sense of his original creation, but we don't currently possess the form of the image of God right now. We're going to put that on later as uh, in the resurrected bodies. You know, So they're considered gods because they are not man, and yeah. they can they like... What's the word I'm looking for? Can they do things that are, I don't want to say supernatural, but mm-hmm. that would be considered supernatural? I think that would be the fair assessment. And and I hate to pull the Marvel Universe into this yeah. every time because I know <laughs> you're not a big fan. But I, I know in my mind I've come, I've changed my perception of angels over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we grew up and we think they're sometimes they're like these little babies with diapers and wings. Yeah. And cupids. Or they're female and they're beautiful long hair, whatever. Or they're um, you know, whatever they are. I, I'm not even sure angels actually have wings. Uh cherubim do, but angels appear to be like men. But I would say if I had to put a an analogy of some kind to a modern perception of it as guardians, like Thor okay. or Loki or any of those uh, in, in uh, Asgard. They're, they're probably more like that, powerful humans, and or powerful like humans, but not humans. And Adam was probably very close to that in nature, although without 
the, uh, the experience because what we're going to find out is these are ancient beings. Uh, the, the angels are not like these Johnny-come-latelys. Man wasn't created and then the angels. Yeah. It was the opposite. And so as anybody that's listened to our podcast knows, I don't take the view that many, many Christians do of what we call young earth creation which means earth, is, earth was created about the same week that Adam was made. So man, as Adam forward, has been on this planet for 6,000 years. So therefore, they say the earth is about 6,000 years old. The evidence is to the contrary. It's millions of years old, mm-hmm. and so is the universe. So I would argue that God created heaven and earth whenever he did, however long ago it was, and angels were there to witness him. And we're going to read a passage about that. Okay. You've, you've heard it before, and I know we've talked about it before, but for the benefit of our listeners, we'll go to a passage where the angels actually witnessed the foundation of the earth. And that could have been millennia before man was made. Mm-hmm. So with the term Elohim used as God's, but also knowing it's translated as both angels, rulers, judges, and divine ones, we begin to get a picture that these gods were mighty rulers of some, at some point that God intended to guide mankind, but they didn't do it. They chose to go another direction. That's true. And hence, they're the fallen angels mm-hmm. because he's rebuking them and saying, how long will you judge unjustly? So they're unjust judges, which means they're satanic. They're rebellious gods. Mm-hmm. And, and he calls them gods because in another sense, they decided to take the direction of instead of being obedient to the Lord, what if we act like gods and we receive the worship of men and hence the false gods mm-hmm. as a part of their whole, their whole experience. But what's interesting about this is you get the feeling as you read Psalm 82 that it's like God talking to them from his throne as if they were standing before him getting either rebuked or fussed at or trying to be corrected. Mm-hmm. So I see like a heavenly council, and it's not the first time that's happened. We're going to look at some examples in the Bible to give some credibility to that, and to start with, we'll go to the book of Genesis. So we were talking about man versus angels or the difference. Mm-hmm. And when God made man, and we've read this many times, but we're going to focus on another aspect of it. Verse 26 of Genesis 1. And God said, let us make man in our image. Mm-hmm. Plural. Yes. After our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. When we talked about this before, we were discussing the dominion of the earth, give it to man. But we didn't focus that much on God basically saying, I got an idea. Why don't we do this? Let's make a man. And so God created man in his own image. Then the plurality changes to singular, his singular. Mm-hmm. Um, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So God discussed it with somebody in the plural and then created in the singular. I am God. I made man. He's in my image. Mm-hmm. But um, he said, let us make man in our image to start with. The indication would seem to be that he conferred with the angels and said, we're going to make man. He's going to look like y'all, but he's not going to be y'all. He probably didn't say y'all, but <laughs> I, I say y'all. <laughs> and uh, if we go to um, Job chapter 1, we see more evidence for the possibility that angels 
participated from time to time in a godly sort of counsel, mm -hmm. good or bad, okay? I would think when he said, let us make man, he was conferring with the good angels. Because I wouldn't think Lucifer and his angels would want any part of man. No, not at all. <clears throat> so Job chapter 1, we read in verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God, the same term, Elohim, where we have an audience today. We have our, my dog, Charlie, who <laughs> loves Zena so much, and he can't stand to not be near her. <laughs> He's trying to figure out a way to get on the couch. You got it, Charlie. You got it. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> hello. Now, it says there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Satan was one of the sons of God because he, too, was a created yes. being. And it's interesting. So sons of God is the Hebrew term benai Elohim. Mm -hmm. Now, God himself, God the creator, is Elohim too. So it's a good example of a, of a word. Like, we, we can do this in English too. but That's multiple like, uses? Multiple uses. Okay. So I use this example to help people comprehend it. In English, we have the word pitch. Mm -hmm. So pitch could be a, a noun representing the, the frequency of a voice. Mm -hmm. It can be a tar-like substance that they used to put on roofs. That's true. It could be the angle of the roof, mm -hmm. a pitch, you know. Uh, it's literally the, the, the name of the field that they play international soccer on. It's called a pitch, you know. And uh, it could also be a verb like a pitcher throws a ball. Mm -hmm. It's a pitch. Or a child can pitch a fit, you know. Sometimes, That's so true. Sometimes adults pitch a fit. Yes, they do. So it's the <laughs> exact same spelling in the same word, but the context of the sentence will bear out which one it means, mm -hmm. you know? If I said uh, his singing was off pitch, we would know we're referring to the frequency yes. and not a ball thrown at a batter, mm -hmm. right? So many words and many languages have the same kind of impact. That's you know? true. You've got to use your context clues. You've got to use context. And that's why sometimes people will want to focus on a single Greek or Hebrew word and say, in the Greek, it's this, in the Hebrew, it's that. But you know what? Uh, or, or it should have been translated this way. Yes. No, the context determines how it should be translated, Very not true. just the word itself. So we now know that there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Even Satan did so. So it was perfectly normal at some point for angels to appear before God in some form of a presentation, mm -hmm. if you will. And then we read this one before, but I'm going to read it again for the sake of the listeners that may not have heard this one yet. There was a king named Ahab, you might remember this, and he, you know, God had warned him through a prophet that he was going to die in this battle. Yes. And so um, he had a council about how are we going to make King Ahab go up to fight this battle so he'll die to fulfill this prophecy. <laughs> and uh, this particular prophet that's talking to him, because well, first he said, oh, go up, you're going to be fine, you're going to be victorious. And they, the king said, you never say anything good about me. And so he says, uh, hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. This is Micaiah the prophet. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And you get the picture of angels surrounding the throne, yes. like a council. And evidently, since the sons of God came to present themselves and Satan came among them, there's the ability for these sons of God that are bad to present themselves. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead, which was the place where the battle was supposed to be. And one said on this matter, and another said on that matter. Now, it's not like God doesn't know how it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. He's God. But he's allowing them to participate 
in the discussion to contribute to it. That just fascinates me. (laughs) So he's asking this, and uh, the Lord said, uh, one uh, that came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord, verse 21, and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, wherewith, which is like asking how. Yeah. And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit, spirit of lies, Mm -hmm. in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now, this is not a friend of God. He's a, he's a spirit and evidently a lying spirit, you know. So whatever this fallen angel or person is. And uh, incidentally, the next episode, 64, we're going to talk about principalities and powers. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at the different types of these fallen beings. You know, they're not all just angels. So this spirit, they're all spirits in some sense, but they have bodies. Don't think mm-hmm. of a spirit as only having a, a, a spirit and no flesh or no, no physicality to it. But uh, this particular one said, I'll be a lying spirit. So I don't take him to be a good guy. No. I take him to be a bad guy, but willing to participate in this thing. You know, it kind of makes you wonder, well, why would he want to help yeah. fulfill God's prophecy? And maybe it's not that he wanted to help. Maybe he thought that somehow it could like a reverse psychology thing. Who mm-hmm. knows what he's thinking? But what we find out is these, these um, sons of God or gods were really um, these created beings, some, who, some of whom are faithful to the Lord, some of whom rebelled, but they're our ancient brethren because we are as, uh, just as the uh, faithful angels are still sons of God and part of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. We that believe on God and, and are true to him and he accepts us as adopted children become sons too, or children. And so therefore that makes us all one big family. Okay. So it, Thor is going to be my brother. He's my big older brother you know? <laughs> or, or whoever. You know, I'm, I'm using that as simply an analogy. But there are ancient brethren. So look at how ancient. We go back to Job. And we've discussed this before too, but we're going to read it again for the sake of this context. Chapter 38, verse 4, God is speaking to Job out of a whirlwind. And he says, where was thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? Well, that's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we believe geology and, you know, man may have corruption in him, but sometimes we can figure things out. Yes. You know, we discovered fire. We discovered electricity. We, it's always been there. But we had to learn, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of brings us back to this whole thing about how long will you judge unjustly when he fussed at the gods? Why didn't they lead us into the proper wisdom? Very you true. Know, and they could have, but they led us down the path of darkness. These did. Uh, but had they done the right thing, we would have been given that wisdom. And with that wisdom would have come technology. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about things like UFOs, I believe that's superior angelic technology. And uh, I think that there's a possibility that governments know about it, possibly use some of it. But for the most part, it's being used against mankind. And we've talked about some of that before, the, the idea that in the end, uh, Lucifer will be cast down and he'll probably pretend to be an alien or something mm-hmm. with advanced technology. <clears throat> so he says, where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it, like he was building it, in a construction terms? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof when the morning stars sang together 
And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Sons of God is Benai Elohim. It's the same word as God's in Psalm 82. So the sons of God were the angels. They shouted and sang when God laid the foundation of the earth. In our very first episode, we discussed they did this because it was a place for them. Mm -hmm. And I believe that they were given, it was part of God's kingdom. They were given some rule and authority. And there was an entire civilization of angels. And one of those angelic beings was Lucifer, who was a king. And evidently, he was sort of the top dog. And he led this rebellion against God, right? That guy. That guy. Uh, But as we know now, because of that rebellion, the earth became a mess. God renovated it. In mm-hmm. the first chapter of Genesis, and then he put man in charge of it. And that's forever, as we've seen. That's the birthright, that's the title deed. And to prove that in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, chapter one, we read in verse 13, but to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So the angels basically became our guides to minister to us. Mm -hmm. They've been around a long, long time. But when God started this whole plan with man, the angels became ministering spirits. And as we'll see later, he didn't give them dominion of the earth or the world to come. Man gets that. Yes. So there's a special connection that God has to mankind. But there's a a uniqueness to the way this family is going to eventually all come together. We're going to be reunited you know, the angels and man, and we'll be like them at some point. We'll put on a body that's like them so that we'll no longer be mortal and aging and dying of sicknesses and Mm -hmm. what have you, okay? So that's a really fascinating thing. But back to the rebellion. So we know about uh, Lucifer uh, rebelling against the Lord, and he took a third of the angels with him. Uh, We don't have to go rehash all of that, but I want to go back to the book of Job which suddenly I can't find on my screen. (laughs) Oh, there it is. Uh, Chapter four, and notice verse 18. It says, Behold, he put no trust in his servants, and his angels he charged with folly. Folly is the same way as we would say foolishness. Okay. But it carries with it a more sinister connotation because we think of a fool as somebody acting just like a clown Mm -hmm. or being silly. But the Bible defines a fool as the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So a fool is really a rebellious person, rebellion against God, uh, seeking wickedness rather than the Lord's path. So the angels he charged with folly, and some of their folly, as we've seen, was to violate the prime directive. Now, that's a Star Trek term, so I threw in another one just so the Marvel I was like, huh? (laughs) So in Star (laughs) Trek, the prime directive is supposedly we now travel the stars and we explore Mm -hmm. the planets. And whenever they encounter a civilization on a planet that's not yet advanced to the point of stellar travel, they're behind, like even at at our level now. So they're not allowed to interact with them. They can observe, but they can't meet them and greet them and give them new technology. So that was called the prime directive. So if you were a star traveler and with Star Trek and you were on the Enterprise or you were the captain and you discover this planet and they're like about the level of 18th century or something, or even older, you weren't allowed to go down there and just beam down and say, hey, we're here, we're the aliens, you know. The Federation wouldn't let you do that. You know? What? So even though that was totally fiction, I often wonder if fictional things aren't based in part in some truth. 
mm-hmm. because the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So could God have said, you know, um, don't interfere with men to the fallen rebellious angels. Don't cross this line. And the line they crossed, as we know, was they took the daughters of men to wife. Yes. And they interbred with them. So, so he says he put, uh, he put no trust in his servants and his angels he charged with folly. How much less in them that dwell in houses of clay. Well, that's man. We have houses of clay, our flesh and blood, whose foundation is in the dust, which are crushed before the moth. So if he charged the angels with folly, which are greater in might and power and makeup than we are, how much are we, you know, accountable for our foolishness? That's very true. Now, back to the folly, uh, there could be more than one thing, but we know this. Genesis 6, verse 1, we always come back to this. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. We've talked about this several times, but do you remember, Zena, um, us discussing why take wives, implying a marriage? You know, why, she wouldn't be a wife if it wasn't a marriage. So you remember us did talking it, about that? They, they were kind of like mocking what God wanted. In a sense, I think they were. They were definitely not interested in obeying him. Mm-hmm. But the very idea of, I mean, if they just wanted to really mock him or really uh, get him angry, they could have just, I hate to be vulgar, but they could have just raped women. That's very true. Know? So why take wives? And we, we, we touched on this once, but I don't remember if you recall where we went with that. Where did we go with that? <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. I, uh, I'll it? give you a hint. It comes back to dominion of the earth being given to man. If that rings a bell. Didn't they like, um, trade things like, um, the, like the dads allowed the angels to take their daughters in return. They gave them like knowledge yes. or something of that. That's right. That's right. And and so an exchange was made. Yes. And remember, we talked about the end game of Satan is to transfer all the wealth of humanity into the hands of a very few, the satanic global elite. Because mm-hmm. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. Their plan is to turn around and give the title deed to the planet. See, God gave it to man. 
The earth he gave to the children of men. So if a few human beings, the satanic elites, gain control of all the property, then they can title, they can turn the title over to Satan. Mm -hmm. And that's what this was. This was their attempt of doing the same thing. They took wives because it was the only way they could legally get in. If God said, you're forbidden to do this, it was like, well, how can we do this? How can we mess things up? Well, we got to go through the channel. So they look for the loopholes. Mm -hmm. And one loophole was, well, if we take them wives in exchange for the technology, like you said, for the knowledge, then they could have these children who would be part human that could lay claim to the earth. And that's exactly what happened. The giants were born, uh, verse 4, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, Benai Elohim, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Well, the children were the Nephilim, the giants. Mm -hmm. But because they were part human, they could dwell on the earth and hence took over. Yes. And conquered man and began to oppress him and do all those things. So in a sense, you could even say that when God said to the gods, how long will you judge unjustly? He was even referring to their children, to the Nephilim, mm -hmm. who oppressed men and caused all the wickedness that came about. Now, fast forward to the end, Revelation chapter 12, we've talked about many times, but remember in verse 3, there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. Well, stars we've seen before are angels. It's mm -hmm. another term for them. We even saw this in Job 38 when he said the morning star sang when God created the earth. So we know that at least a third of the angels that were created are involved in the rebellion. Yes. So that's, you know, one third of the sons of God are opposed to God, opposed to mankind, and opposed to God's redemptive plan for humanity. And they're fighting against it. So they've been involved all this time in the deception of trying to convince humanity that there is no God, there is no Satan, um, that uh, all of our answers lie within our own political means, uh, and you can see where it's going. The world is becoming a mess mm -hmm. right now. And I don't want to get into the political ramifications of that because to me, politics is a distraction. Yes. It's division. I don't care whether you're conservative or liberal or whatever you want to divide over. Nobody is going to vote the satanic global elite out of power. Yeah. And no, none of our votes or no system of government is ever going to stop this from coming. So rather than fighting it from a political angle, I suggest you fight it from the spiritual angle. And we'll see in the next episode, the battle is a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so the separation that took place was not only between the angels of God, but mankind too. We fell and we know the story, but let's examine it a little more closely in Genesis 3. Rather than going back and seeing how Eve took the fruit and then Adam ate it as well, <clears throat> after uh, or, or before they did this, it was the serpent who is the devil, mm -hmm. tempting Eve. And he said, yay, can you not eat of every fruit of the garden? And she said, well, we can eat of every one but the one that he told us not to. And she, she said, in the day we eat it, we shall die. And his response was, the serpent said unto the woman, verse 4, you shall not surely die, which was a lie. Mm -hmm. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods. Yes. Knowing good and evil. 
So that's the thing right there. The gods must have been something she could see. She was aware of their being out there, these Elohim, and she could see them and see that they were higher or mightier than her and Adam. And so, hey, why not? Instead of waiting on the Lord to teach us the right path, we'll just jump over all the lessons and graduate, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Bad idea. It was a very bad idea. And, you know, if you've ever heard the story of, um, it's called Pandora's Box. Yes. Remember that? That's really a Greek adulteration of the fall of Adam and Eve. Okay. It's, it's really just their perverted version of it, but it's essentially trying to show the same thing. Now, interestingly enough, if you go on in that same chapter to verse 22, Genesis 3:22, the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us. And we're back to that plural thing again, the Elohim. Right? Mm-hmm. He's become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, so God drove him out of the garden. But he could have eaten of the tree of life in a sinful condition, and he would have lived forever in a body of sin. Mm -hmm. So God forbade him to do that. Makes you wonder who else could have had access to the tree of life, you know? Yeah. Is it possible that the sons of God also had to eat of the tree of life to, to, to maintain immortality? Are they immortal by created act? Or are they immortal because they eat of the tree of life? If Jesus Christ is the source of all life and he's the source of, eter- source of eternal life, then I would think that the angels also have to have access to the, to the tree of life too. Yeah, I guess they do. I didn't think about that. Yeah. It's just a, it's a thought, you know. It's one it's possibility. It's like, just move the tree so Satan can't eat from it. Well, that's what makes me wonder because he said he drove the man out of the garden and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims. And a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Well, you know, God could have just posted a really big guy or a, an AK-47 or something yeah. to keep man out of there. But he posted cherubims, mighty angelic beings with the foreheads, you know, mm-hmm. that could see all around. And uh, implying that it looks like they had to keep more out than just man. Maybe they were there to keep out anything, Mm -hmm. including fallen angels who might want to take a knee to the tree of life, you know. That just makes a question why they're still living. Yeah, well, so it kind of begs the question, are they, you know, he said, you shall die like men. So maybe they're going to die because they don't have access to the tree of life. Makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's something to think about. Yeah. Uh, So in Hebrews chapter two, we'll kind of wrap this thing up or start wrapping it up. In verse five, Oops, Hebrews 2, verse 5. Sometimes it just does not want to go. <laughs> uh, and I hinted at this a moment ago. Verse 5, for unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. Man's given dominion, and we mean mankind, you know, not just one group of men, but mm-hmm. all of humanity. Now, we're going to receive the world to come as saved individuals, but it still means mankind. Uh so he didn't put angels in subjection to the world to come. So these fallen angels want this planet. The sons of God that were faithful to the Lord, they're content to let God handle it his way. Mm-hmm. If God put man um, over the dominion of the earth in the world to come, then the angels are content with that because they figure, well, he's either got something else for us to do or something better or whatever. But Satan wants back what he had. He wants to regain his thrones. Mm -hmm. And all these angels apparently were part of that system. And they had their reign too. 
Verse six says, but one in a certain place testified saying, what is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou visitest him? So man and the son of man as distinguished between the sons of God. Thou madest him, man, a little lower than the angels. So we're lower. I think that means in power and might, uh, you know, in abilities. Like you said, not to use the word supernatural, but mm -hmm. comparatively speaking, yes, it's supernatural. I suspect to them it's natural. But to us, it's supernatural. Yeah, to us, it is supernatural. And they're part of the, the natural realm, but it's just a part of the, of the realm that we can't see right now. Mm -hmm. So to us, it appears, you know, supernatural or magical or whatever you want to call it. Um, <clears throat> thou didst crown him with glory and honor. Crown, it's hard to say, crownsed. That's C-R-O-W-N-E-D-S-T. Instead of thou crowned him, thou crownsed him. <laughs> That's old English there, folks. But they crowned man with glory and honor and did set him over the works of thy hands. So there's that dominion. Mm -hmm. God doesn't rescind that because of the sin. The sin of Adam and Eve didn't cause man to relinquish the dominion of the earth. Therefore, the sons of God that are in rebellion were trying to work through him. Hence, human proxies, the satanic global elite. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. Everything God made on this planet is under God, man's dominion. But, we, but now we see not yet all things put under him, which implies that somebody else is fighting for control of it. Yep. Man doesn't have all control of that. Remember when we read about the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force mm -hmm. in our two episodes about the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven includes the earth, and that's what Satan's after. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. He became a man. Yes. Crowned with glory and honor. Now, see, that time it was crowned. I didn't have to have the ST. <laughs> that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. So clearly, Christ had to be born a man in order to die because he's God and man so that he could die for mankind. But another thing we talked about, too, in the past is that he used the same, I don't want to use the term loophole because it's God, mm -hmm. but he used the same legal means to be able to claim title to the earth. Jesus Christ is all God, but he's all man. Mm -hmm. And man was given dominion. So while Satan tried to do it through an artificial means, God did it through a perfect plan. Ooh. So if we're willing to wait, it's worth the wait. Yes. <laughs> because we're going to go home. Someday the earth is going to be restored. And like I said, we're going to be reunited with our family. So let's look at that in Luke chapter 15. We always want to try to end on a positive note because there's a yes. lot of negative that took place in the past. And we want to see where it's all headed. Very true. So Jesus speaks a parable. And uh, I read a book, and I'm going to give the author's name, Timothy Alberino, the book is Birthright. A shout out to my brother John who told me about that book because uh, he also told me about Ryan, Nef Ryan Peterson's book, The Judgment of the Nephilim. He's an avid reader, so I praise God for him. But uh, in the book Birthright, um, Timothy Alberino expands the idea of the angels being an elder race. They're a race of beings, but they're not humans, and yet they're our brethren. And so um, he says there's going to be a reuniting of the family, and he ties it into the parable of the prodigal son. Have you ever heard that term, prodigal son? No. <laughs> it is, uh, he, he left and he returned. Prodigal means like he ran away, but he came back. 
But you might know the story when we start to read it because in your own upbringing, you may have heard the story taught and you'll go, oh, wait, that sounds familiar, you know. Okay. So he spake a parable unto them saying, what man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the 99 and go in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? That would be a good shepherd, obviously. You know, you got a hundred flock of sheep. Even if you lose one little sheep, you're going to go after to find her to get her home safe. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. What care of animals, you know, that's so sweet. But he's likened it unto God loving us, see. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. So joy in heaven, who's doing the rejoicing? If a sinner, a human, repents and gets saved, who's rejoicing in heaven? God. God and who? His angels. Our brethren. What are they rejoicing over? Hey, my little sister Zena, she's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, she's back. So they're looking at us with care and concern, like you would care about your little brother. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> he says, either what woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together saying, rejoice with me, for I've found the piece which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I joke with my wife because it says here, if a woman loses a piece of silver, she'll sweep the house till she finds it. I apply that to Legos. Oh, my goodness. Because our kids, when they were little, they loved to play with Legos. Mm -hmm. And if we went over for a play date at a friend's house, she somehow knew instinctively if one little piece of a Lego kit was not in the bag, she would know it was missing, and she would. we would not leave that house until she found it. <laughs> you know, if it was like a little Lego Star Wars kit, there was a little Jedi sword mm -hmm. or something like that, or a little workman had a helmet on the Lego head. She's you know? like, no, 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 we've got to find it. She would sweep the house clean till she found it, and when she found it, she was one happy mama. <laughs> so these two parables here um, are in reference to angels rejoicing over a sinner that repents, like the sheep found, like the silver found. Mm -hmm. But then in the very next verse, he says, a certain man had two sons. And it's not, he doesn't say this is a parable, even though it might be, but it could also be true and a picture of things because in the Bible, things are types. And he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. In other words, my inheritance. Two brothers, the young one says, give me my money. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. So he blew it. You know, Ugh. a fool and his money is soon parted. Mm -hmm. Thought he won the lottery. The next thing you know... <laughs> He blows it all. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. He was hungry. He had no food and no money. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He became a pig herder. So this guy, now he, he's the heir of a fortune. He blows it all. Now he finds some stranger in the country, and he sends him out in his fields to feed the pigs. 
And he would have fain filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. He was so hungry, he would have eaten the pig slop. That's how bad it was, yeah. Poor guy. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Do you sound, does any of this sound familiar? Did they teach this to you when you were growing up? It sounds familiar, but then it kind of doesn't. Kind of doesn't. Okay. I'm not sure what different denominational groups focus on, you know, but this was always one that I remember hearing a lot about. And uh, so he is a picture of a lost person. God is the father mm-hmm. and he goes away and he blows it all in sin. He becomes a part of the world. The, the, the man that sends him to feed the swine is basically Satan and he's starving to death, you know, spiritually hungry. So he goes back to the father and that's a picture of repentance, a picture of turning back. He arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. In other words, we're going to have a feast. We're going to have a party. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now, that would seem to be the end of the story. Yeah. It ended well, happy ending. Everybody's back reunited. Mm -hmm. The man got saved. He's back to the Lord. But now his elder son was in the field. Now, this is the older brother. What's he doing in the field? He never left, right? He didn't ask for the inheritance. He didn't go out and play blow it all. But he's the older brother. The elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. He was out in the field doing his job. Mm-hmm. You know, he stayed working on the dad's ranch or whatever. And he said unto him, uh, oh, oh, he called one of the servants and asked what these things mean. What is this music and Mary? And he said unto him, thy brother is come and thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry. The older brother, mm-hmm. he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, which is a baby goat, Mm -hmm. a calf, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, that's why where he blew all his money, Mm -hmm. prostitutes, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. In other words, I don't understand this, Dad. I was faithful. I never left you. I've served you all these years. Didn't do anything wrong. Little brother goes and he blows it on whores. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he comes back starving to death. And you throw him a party. So you can understand his indignation. Yeah, it's quite confusing. And the father said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet or proper that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Well, that's all fine and good, but in the type of the story, if the younger brother represents the man that runs away from God and is lost, who does the elder brother represent? 
the man that stays and is faithful. That's right. And in, in the, uh, the book by Timothy Alberino, he mentions it's the angels. The faithful angels are our elder brothers. They never left. The ones that rebelled, they're going to end up in hell. Mm -hmm. But the ones that were faithful, and it's not to say that they're angry at man because we've already read that they rejoice in heaven over one sinner that repents. But you're seeing an example of the relationship, the familial thing that's going on that we're going to be once again reunited with them when we are able to put on the bodies like they have as mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 42 says. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. So there's a spiritual body. Even though we call it spirits, they mm -hmm. have a body. We just can't see them. Okay. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, which is Christ, was made a quickening spirit. Quickening means he can raise from the dead. Mm-hmm. And so, howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual, we don't get the spiritual body first, but the, the physical body, the fleshly body, that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. Adam was made from clay. The second man is the Lord from heaven, Jesus Christ. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. You and I, flesh and blood. We're like Adam, mm -hmm. okay? But um, And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Whatever angels are made of right now, one day we'll put on a body like that. And we'll have a heavenly body, a spiritual mm -hmm. body. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, which we bear now, the image of Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. We'll bear the image of Christ in these glorified bodies. And now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We can't go into that kingdom in this fleshly body right now. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery, one of my favorite mysteries of the Bible. We shall not all sleep, die, but we shall all be changed, physically changed. Mm -hmm. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. We're going to change this old fleshly sinful body and we're going to put on a body that's like the angel's. Okay. We won't be angels, mm -hmm. but we might be filling some positions by the vacated thrones of the fallen angels. Ooh. And that's cool to think of. That is. And so to close it all up here, 1 John chapter 3 is interesting because John wrote these words, verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. We're going to become, we have become by adoption sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. If they didn't recognize the creator, they don't care about you and me, right? But beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And that's our hope, that we're going to see Christ and we're going to be like him. We're going to be reunited mm -hmm. together. And I'm out of time to go into some of the other passages, but the, the big reunion is going to take place in a time in Ephesians 1 that's called the dispensation of the fullness of times when he's going to gather together in one all things in Christ. So we'll have to save more discussion about that for another time. Mm -hmm. But I'm just, I love the fact that it's called literally in the Bible, the family of God. 
Ooh. The family of God, and it includes everything. And there, who knows what other created beings are out there that he's never even revealed to us. That's very true. Or for that matter, what he will create in the future. Mm-hmm. And we'll sing and shout for joy like the morning stars There'll did. be flying dogs. <laughs> that, that would be an interesting project. <laughs> Charlie, would you like to fly? He's like, yes, I would. Yeah, he's just right now sleeping, so... <laughs> Well, Zena, I thank you so much for being a part of this today. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening today. I hope something we've said kind of gives you some insight in what these angels truly are. And next week, we're going to talk about more in depth about the fallen angels, the bad guys, because Mm -hmm. they're referred to in the Bible as principalities and powers. And we're going to look into that power. Hmm. So join us next week. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening in every week. Please like, share, and subscribe. And leave a comment down below of something new that you've learned or something you would like us to go over. One question I have for you guys is, what do you think the fallen angels do? Oh, good question. What do they do? What do they do? They make a lot of mischief. Yeah, but you know, like, has something I and it, something interesting happened in your house that you're like, fallen angel did that. Oh, I'm glad you said that, Zena, because I want anybody out there that listens to know that if you write me at unlockthebiblenow at gmail.com, mm-hmm. uh, and I did have a young man reach out to me about a an experience that he had in Sweden. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, it what he thought was a UFO, and now he's convinced was another angelic thing that was going on. And I plan to have him on as a guest. I'm not going to uh, give his name yet until I can confirm that. But uh, I'd like people to hear his story. If you've got a story like that, um, reach out to me. Let me know. Uh, I'd like to hear it. So, yeah. Yes, please There's, do share. Some, kind of hinting around about what fallen angels do. Yes. That reminded me. That reminded me. It's a good question. Dun, dun, dun. Get your brain thinking. That's right. Well, thanks again for listening today. And you all have a wonderful week. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.